0: Welcome to TNT with Teresa Quinlan.
1: And Reese Thomas. We are friends from across the pond on a life evolution.
0: We want to bring you topics that challenge your status quo.
1: Guests that help you think differently.
0: And nuggets of wisdom that spark being. Being what? You, authentic you. <laughs> okay, today we welcome Rebecca Scott. Rebecca is on a mission to inspire others to shape a better future. She's the founder of Vivid Spring Solutions. She strives to provide the information and inspiration people need to achieve their purpose. Uh, she's also the host of Humans Now and Then podcast, which explores how our rapidly changing world impacts people now and in the future. Rebecca has a 20-year career history that spans in healthcare, finance, technology, business analysis, spoken at numerous local and international conferences on topics including innovation, team dynamics, and employee success. Welcome so much, Rebecca, to TNT. How are you today?
2: I'm doing very well, and thank you for having me.
1: Very excited. I was actually took a look at your website earlier today, and I love that your banner goes into movement where you're presenting on stage. And I read one of the testimonials of someone who attended something that you were speaking at and maybe the highest praise you can ever get as a speaker is, she left me wanting
2: more. (laughs) Yeah, that always feels good, doesn't it? (laughs) But it really yeah, means they carried it through the, the entire conversation, kept their intention. They related to the content, which is really important. Glad to get that kind of feedback.
0: We often kick off this thing and talking about your passion, your purpose, but we had a little bit of discussion before we hit record, everyone, and we, we kind of came up with a few themes that were probably prevalent on a lot of people's mind, that came under the general umbrella of this phrase, like the, the general malaise that people are experiencing, the need to reconsider priorities, maybe consider the new future, whether that's individually, entrepreneurially, or the future of work itself, perhaps, if you're a leader. So this is something that I know is dear to your heart and TQ and I always love to dive into these topics. So perhaps yeah. you could give us a bit of a, an introduction on why this is so important right now and how you feel what you're doing is, is helping people to uncover that.
2: I think one of the things I started to notice and as we kind of ventured through the year was of course my own discomfort with the unknown. And that's been a challenge to work through, right? So trying to figure out how do I not only balance the new priorities, the new things that have entered my life, like schooling my kids from home, um, that's something that we've had to navigate. Many other parents have had to navigate that, balancing that with my work life, balancing that with other things that, that have disrupted our lives, such as uh, it's harder to leave the house and go to different places. and You have to make different kinds of decisions around safety or well-being that you didn't have to make before. But also just the general uncertainty of what the future will hold is something that from a human behavior perspective is very difficult for all of us to navigate. So that's created a lot of folks having this general feeling of discomfort or unease and not really always being able to pinpoint why this can lead to things like lack of motivation or um, disruptions in our ability to focus, feeling maybe emotional in ways that we hadn't before and not really being able to understand why be feeling tired and not necessarily be able to pinpoint the reason. I'm not, not a doctor or anything like that, but these are things that I've read about and definitely things that people relate to. But that does impact our ability to do our work and think about our goals and we definitely think about our priorities differently as these new things start to enter our lives and our lives become disrupted in new ways those are things that really influence how we navigate our future as individuals as organizations as society and this is an interesting point in time because the more that we acknowledge that general malaise or that feeling of discomfort the more we talk about it the more we realize that other people are relating to it which is really the thing that made it more interesting to me is the more that I talked about my feelings and what I was experiencing, I realized how many other people around me were experiencing something very similar. And then, you know, it's a bigger shift and it's an opportunity for us to think differently about what the future may hold for us.
1: It's such a great point that kind of like mental health when we begin to talk mm. about it we remove its power over us we remove the stigmas we remove the, the obstacles that get in our way of actually moving forward in it, mm. so it keeps us a little bit stuck right yeah. and that word malaise perhaps has a fairly easy definition for people to come about looking at it it's like a low energy it's unpleasant we might even say things like we're tired and fatigued. And sometimes that can lead for some people to move towards frustration. So a little bit more of those heightened energetic ones. It's an easy path from the malaise to the frustrated or the angry experiences. And then we start lashing out. And I'm -hmm. curious in your discussions with people The kinds of variables you were discovering that was leading to their malaise, the things that were missing aren't necessarily going to be the same for everyone, because you mentioned a few at the onset there that, you know, it's difficult to leave the house and do things that I like to do. My kids are at home when, you know, I used to get a little bit of a break from them (laughs) or additional responsibility of teaching them.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, there are definitely different things, different people are experiencing. I, you know, I bring of course the parent perspective because that's my own perspective, but there's also other folks, for instance, that um, are single and live alone Mm -hmm. and are navigating different things in life, whether it be loneliness because they are living alone or even just relationships. Um, So trying to navigate what relationships mean and when is it appropriate to have get togethers, when is it appropriate to kind of reach out for to different people? And that's something that, you know, is, takes up space in our minds. It's a conflict that we need to figure out how to resolve. And we can pretend, I think in the past, we used to always pretend that our personal life did not enter kind of our work ecosystem and did not effective work and we should have a really clear barrier about work versus home life. That barriers become more and more difficult uh, to define or achieve. And so now is a great opportunity for us to recognize that we are people that are living these fluid lives where there, it, there are intersections between our home life and our work life. It's a flow that we go through our life that we can't easily segment. And so the recognition of that is important for us as we think about what the future workplace looks like. Because right now, as we know, organizations have gone have gone towards virtual workforces, not even just in the current environment, but have made that decision moving forward. And these are large organizations like Google, Yahoo, Salesforce, deciding that their workforce is gonna work from home or remotely for the foreseeable future, or maybe even beyond. Um, so it is a shift in the workforce. We do need to think differently about how we connect to one another in particular and how we allow those conversations, those feelings and things uh, to enter the workplace environment in ways that are healthy, but in ways that are vulnerable and probably more authentic than, than maybe we, we had in the past. It's a really interesting time.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So when you were yeah. talking about that general malaise uh, topic, just to hype back to that just briefly, it made me think that, Yes, it's a negative, but anything that has a way of accentuating or highlighting that interconnectedness that we all have universally without maybe acknowledging, or you know, perhaps many people would even discount it, but the fact that you know we have this idea, like, I'm suffering, this is my problem, I'm in this thing, but as soon as we reach out or we give a voice to it, like we said, if you vocalise these thoughts, it suddenly diminishes their power, and it was really that general, the word general was that, of this stuff has happened to everyone and yes it's been terrible but actually it has meant that all of us have experienced it so we've all shared something we've all been able to connect on a way that even in this age that we live in would be hitherto unimaginable if it weren't for such a sort of huge shift in in everything that's happening so that made me think well maybe that kind of links to this team dynamics bit and you Mm. talked about virtual bit there so i'm wondering this given your kind of area of, of expertise how this team dynamic how you've seen it shift from that initial early adoption phase to virtual to maybe, oh, we figured out a few kinks here to, oh, hang on. There were still a couple of big problems we haven't really acknowledged. or so let's brush them under the carpet or let's be, you know, forefront thinking and then be good leaders and, and address them straight away.
2: Um, I think one of the things that's changed significantly that has had a positive impact on team dynamics is the acceptance of imperfect. And so more and more people are allowing their lives their meetings and so forth to be imperfect. So one of the examples that I can think of is, you know, back pre-pandemic, I remember having a meeting where um I was saying goodbye to my daughter in the morning, putting her on the bus, let's send her out the door, I forgot to hit mute. And here I am being lovey-dovey with my daughter in front of everybody on this conference call, you know, and everyone's kind of giggling in the background. And then what, what, you know, you can imagine how I felt during that point in time, I left the call, I was embarrassed and it stuck with me. And I was like, oh gosh, I was mortified because I'm like, how unprofessional of me to not hit the mute button. But I can venture to guess that if I did that today, most people probably wouldn't think twice about it because many people are experiencing those types of things, whether we forget to hit Mute. We forget to put our camera off. We forget, you know, whatever that those things might be. People are navigating this world and figuring out that imperfection is okay, because now we're seeing these new windows into people's lives we didn't see before. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we've got no filters or no screens behind us like we have today, or if people put, you know, fun backgrounds and things like that, it's something that you're seeing a different side of somebody you're allowing for more imperfection into that relationship. And it actually builds better connections because you're become more forgiving those little bits and pieces of imperfection. We don't see those things as unprofessional anymore. We see them as just people's reality. And a lot of this, because many of us experience the same thing is that we're uh, subject to the same uh, window as other people are. And so we empathize with that. We understand everybody's going through something and at a global scale, which is phenomenal. I think that is a positive thing that's happened in relation to team dynamics. People become more forgiving, more empathetic and those things become okay and don't get in the way. I feel like those things got in the way in the past where they don't so much anymore. That allows people sometimes to focus on the task at hand a little bit better than they had in the past. Um, I think the thing that holds them back, of course, is their individual struggles, their individual, maybe malaise or their individual lack of focus or the individual things that are pulling them away, whether it be their kids or their dogs parking or, you know, whatever it might be, those things that pull us away in that moment and disrupt our focus. And I think those are the things that end up kind of getting in people's way more than anything, but I feel like relationships and empathy. Uh, is actually improving, especially from a leadership perspective of leaders having more empathy for their people and what they're going through. And that shift, I think will be positive. I think we're still going through that change because I think the mindset takes a while to, to shift away from what was considered to be professional in business in the past to what it might be now or what it might be in the future. So overall, I think it's actually been a positive thing, even though we've been physically apart and there is a benefit to being physically together. I still feel like in general, team dynamics are actually improving because of that empathy piece.
1: Based on that description, it might even be because we're dropped closer to the third level of empathy. So Daniel Goleman described like three types. I like to look at them as levels of empathy. So, you know, your first level, is cognitive empathy. I understand your perspective. I understand your logical perspective. I understand the logic around it. I get where you're coming from. I I don't have to agree with it, but I get it. And then we have emotional empathy, which is that I feel what you feel. So if I also have kids at home and I'm also struggling, and then you share your story with me and go, Oh my God, I totally feel you. And then that third level is compassionate empathy, which can only be grounded if we have connections. I can't feel compassionate for people I am not connected to. And so the capacity for us to drive deeper connections is perhaps also allowing us to then drive deeper levels of empathy. And as soon as we do that, as soon as we bring recognition for how someone else is truly feeling into the space, it allows them to feel heard. When we feel heard, what ends up happening is some of our obstacles get out of our way and we can move back to performance. So I love that you mentioned empathy. It's uh, I think a really critical piece as well. And I'm wondering in your expertise of working with teams, what have you found have been the must-haves for individuals to thrive in a team environment Mm. and the definite saboteurs to an individual not thriving in a team dynamic?
2: That's such an excellent question. And I, I don't know if this is one answer because what's really interesting about being in a virtual environment, our individual personalities is what gives us energy. Sometimes we think about traditionally as introverts versus extro, extroverts. I think it's probably more of a scale, but whatever that might be, every person is going to enter into that virtual environment differently. We're not going to see the in-betweens, right? So you'll see people eventually have conversations with people virtually or things like that. There's a lot of in-between happening that we're not aware of. We understand there's things going on in those in-betweens, but for that individual person, it depends on what's going to draw them towards different activities or tasks during their day, because the, again, the boundaries are gone, right? So if I think about what draws me to everything in every given moment, it's going to be my, my responsibilities, So, what are the things that I need to get done for my work, for my kids? my desires, my, the things that give me energy. Maybe I enjoy reading. Maybe I enjoy um, artwork. I do, I paint. So I like to paint. So maybe that's one of the things that draws me. Maybe it's, you know, to real, reality, maybe it's Netflix. Like I want to go see that episode. That's, you know, next queued up on, on, on Netflix and then spend the next three hours doing that for some people. But I mean, whatever that might be the draw, draw things away. I think whatever that is in the moment that's drawing us towards that next task or activity really helps to define the level of engagement they start to have within their workplace, within their families and things like that. And a lot of that is driven by our feelings and what we're experiencing and the level of uncertainty and how much we might feel like we need to either escape from that or not escape from it or double down into it, depending on where we're at. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are looking to get away from the discomfort and they do that in different ways. And I think acknowledging that that's a driver is an important aspect to things like team engagement and also maybe empathy. But if you want to bring people into the team, make sure that they're, you know, engaging and getting their work done. And you've got to understand that there might be drivers that are unseen beyond the typical engagement drivers that
0: we might have seen in the past. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And the the freedom and openness to share all of that Mm. with everyone and everyone being privy to all of those things that perhaps we would have tried to hide before that Right behind us in this picture now, we we don't necessarily need to be all dressed in our you know suit and and hat and all this kind of uh, this facade, this mask. And we we talked about this before, and how physically in an office we are connected, but actually it's when we are virtually separated we can get true connection. So yes, there'll be an initial phase of you know this is really weird, I'm really uncomfortable here, but because. I guess it depends on who's who's holding space and, and who's who's creating that arena, but it gives people that freedom to be upfront and not want to fit in to the office persona or you know the team dynamic or the the organizational philosophy or values and. Whilst culture and values is, is really important in that sort of physical setting, in a virtual setting, it can be more relaxed and more welcoming, and then there can be a, a greater sense of this um, belonging without having to conform to mm. create that belonging. That belonging can just appear. We we, t- we talked earlier about um, this idea of employee success. Has that idea of employee success shifted? now that we were kind of almost acting as independent people in our own environments, does that idea of what success means to us, how has that shifted this concept?
2: Yeah, that's that's really an excellent question because I think that for a lot of people it is shifting and a lot of it's because um, we're reconsidering our prior priorities in our own lives
1: mm-hmm.
2: and because different things are important to us now and it really is sometimes something that needs to jar us or even make us afraid a little bit for us to really center down on those things that truly matter to us. Sometimes it is family, spending time with our kids or you know those little moments that we might've missed in the past. We start to re- recognize the value of those things and we don't wanna let those things go or we wanna invest more into those areas of life. So the view of success starts to shift a little bit when we have a different perspective and we've been forced into this different perspective. So for some people in the past, maybe success at, at a workplace looked like um, getting a promotion. Maybe it looked like a certain job title, reaching a certain um, place in the hierarchy in an organization, but that may not mean fulfillment. That may not mean it's something that aligns to your values. And if you have reconsidered what's really important to you, what are the things that really align to your values? How does that align to your version, your individual version of success? Then absolutely, that's shifted for a lot of people. And I think for them, they won't necessarily see success as I want to be this specific job title in this organization at this amount of time. Instead, maybe they do want to have advancement in their career, but they want to think really critically about what they're sacrificing to achieve that. And I feel like that's one of the topics that I find really interesting right now is my own recognition. I think a lot of people's recognition of what are we sacrificing to achieve our goals and how important of a driver is that? when we reconsider what our future looks like or what does success look like for each of us as individuals.
1: Hello, TNT listeners, Teresa here. I'll get you back to the show in a second. I just wanted to share with you, when I started my business, my entrepreneurial journey, I had a little idea of what needed to be done. I mean, a quick Google search brought up, get a business name, get your business registered, a website, business cards, identify your ideal client, start networking. And I did those things and I had a bit of success but not really enough to feed the bank account for everything that I wanted. The house, the car, the traveling, the cost of living, the dreams. So I found mentors, other entrepreneurs that could accelerate me through the potholes. And it took a while to find these people. True to the TNT brand, we're bringing you a live entrepreneurial experience. May 2021 speakers at the top of their field in the entrepreneurial space. Are you ready to fast track your entrepreneurial business to greater heights and greater success? We'll be bringing you new information about this upcoming event every episode. Back to the show. Something that's coming up for me is like the sameness of an experience. So a general malaise based on a global experience. So we have the sameness of that experience creating the sameness, not for everyone, but a similarity in an emotional disruption. However, what you're also acknowledging is not everyone learns the same lesson. And trying to find sameness in, wait, you didn't learn that family was a priority from this? You didn't learn that? And say, wait a minute, you were supposed to learn X, Y, and Z. And, and create this sort of sameness in experience from it as well. So we know this to be true. Human beings are not the same. Pick up the microphone and take it where your knowledge, your experience, your thoughts will lead us.
2: Yeah. I think one of the things that I think is kind of cool in this moment is the the things that you're acknowledging, which is, I don't know that I've got it all figured out. I can't say that I do. I can notice, like I can notice different trends and different um, tendencies and align that to what we know about human behavior or about um, organizations and team dynamics and things like that. But the reality is, is this world we're living in today is new to all of us. Mm -hmm. This is, and we can, we can draw parallels to things that have happened in, in the past, but the reality is if we draw the parallel to the previous pandemic in 1918, it's not a good parallel. So many things are different now than they were then. Even just the workplaces. We have many more knowledge workers today than we had back then. We have technology that didn't exist back then. I so funny, Teresa. I think I brought this up in my episode when I talked to you way back in the day when you were on Humans Now and Then. I play cards still with my family every Sunday evening. And I've got my sister in Colorado. I've got my parents in Chicago. And we play cards every Sunday over Zoom. And there's no way that that would have happened back in the day in 1918. Here we are in this place where we have lots of opportunities. So I think it gives us a chance to think about, okay, we know that there's just stuff going on we're trying to figure out. We're trying to pinpoint what we do with it all. What we can also do, we look at it from a future's perspective, as we can think about what what do we want the future to look like? What are the potential futures that we see based on what we know today? What are the trajectories and where are they taking us? There's so many interesting questions for us to explore. And as we start to talk more and more and have these kind of honest and open conversations, we start to realize trends, but also connections, things that people contribute to the conversation that might be different than our own perspectives. This kind of goes back to your point is that we each have our own perspectives of how this time is impacting us or impacting society or impacting our organizations. How do we bring all of those things together and start to navigate this new path into a future that's, that is uncertain. I'll give you another example. When you think about the future. One of the big things that a huge trend right now, and you talk to biologists and people who are studying genetics is the fact that the human population will decline over the next several years. Um, which was not a problem we thought we were going to have. In the past, we were worried about the increasing human population, how it would sustain people. Now we have a new problem to think about. And how will that impact countries? How will that impact society? How will that impact the human race? How does that intersect with the problems we have in the environment? And how does that impact our future? So, so many interesting different questions to think about but what's really cool is that each of us has that opportunity to explore that thing that is most interesting to us based on the thing that we love or we're driven to. And what a tremendous time and a tremendous opportunity for us to think differently about these big problems and where it might take us. But I think a lot of it does center down on that human experience and what we're feeling, because if we ignore that, we can't move forward in productive ways to really shape that future that we envision.
0: So good. So in terms of... What you're saying there is opportunity. That's a word that I think is so important. And I think that for many of us, maybe we had an idea of, you know, this is our linear path, draw a line on a chalkboard. This is where I'm going. If I want to get from here to here, I might need to do these things. And that will guarantee here that will allow me to have my success. But now maybe success might be simply me being able to voice my opinion to you, the CEO in a group Zoom room and having that help build my confidence and all the different things that will occur. Oh, yeah a pay rise or the the corner office might superficially appear to grant you but reality doesn't change anything and (laughs) many people who've got that corner office have you know often (laughs) wish they were back in in the bullpen but um in terms of this idea of shifting it made me think of like having this shared experience and finding the gold it made me think of like a an old time gold panner you know sitting on the thing and you've got your panner you've got all this shit that you're dealing with here that you just kind of live with every day and because everything has changed everyone's been shaking it up it's all kind of passing through and you'll be able to let go of all these things that you used to think were really important and part of who you really were and what you had to do to be successful or to get ahead you're now finding that those things can drop away and you're being left with these little nuggets of gold on the top like family connection like playing cards with your family across the country Uh, I'm wondering those changes for you Has that, I guess we're we're talking about purpose here. I guess we're talking about people's realisation that this projected purpose, this purpose that I felt like I was on this path now has been, you know, we've got the eraser out. We've removed those lines or we've we've put some spaces in between them. Like if you really want to, you could figure out how to still get back from here to there. And I'm sure people will, but it's also suddenly given you 10,000 different other lines here that you could just decide to jump to. And I'm wondering how you see that impacting this idea of the future of work.
2: Yeah, a couple of things that I thought was really interesting about what you said for a moment, we were breaking it down to to things that are simple and right in front of us. And I think that's really important at this point in time that we don't become overwhelmed with all the possibilities that might happen in the future. Mm -hmm. It's cool to think about, but we have to also realize that none of it is, is written in stone. I mean, some things, some of those trajectories are pretty solid. I mean, we can definitely assume that technology will continue to advance. Um, we can definitely assume that um, there'll be more um, things like artificial intelligence, you know, machine learning and things like that. Those are things that will become more and more integrated into our daily lives um, over time but not much else is very written. Um, So if we think about what we have in front of us today, if anyone's feeling overwhelmed, maybe I'll start there before we start thinking about the future. I think a lot of folks do get overwhelmed with a thought. Start with today, start with what you can do the next five minutes, the next hour, by the end of the day, what you can do tomorrow or the the end of the week, whatever, whatever seems reasonable to you. And start thinking about the way that you navigate your life. If you're feeling stuck, I think a lot of people feeling stuck right now. Think about that thing you can do What's the next step to make you feel unstuck, to make you feel like you're stepping forward towards that future. That seems very uncertain because the reality is we have more control over what we have right in front of us today than sometimes we give ourselves credit for start with that step. I think also realize there's no right or wrong. In most cases, I mean, there's the the wrongs are obviously wrong, (laughs) let's say, you know, don't break any laws, you know, but but in the most case, there's no right or wrong on what direction that you go. So when you think about success, I think in the past, sometimes we would think there's a right way to success and there's a wrong way to success. And that's reinforced by things we see on social media or society or organizations and so forth. And that's just not true. There's no right or wrong. Do what's right for you, for your family, for the things that are important to you, for your values. It doesn't have to be big. Like I talk about these big problems that are interesting to solve because that makes me excited, but it's okay if that's not your thing. You don't have to solve the big problems. You know, whatever is important to you, focus on that. When we think about navigating the future and planning for the future, I think we need to think about the outcomes that we want to achieve and not just in technology or you know things that are flashy and exciting, but how do we want to feel What do we want our experience to be like in the future? When we go to work, how do we want that experience to go? Was it important to make sure we're contributing in ways that feel meaningful? How do we make sure we don't end up feeling like decisions are being made for us, or maybe work is not challenging enough or things like that? I feel like knowledge workers will always, always be a part of the workplace, regardless of the advancement of AI, it would be terribly irresponsible for us to try to replace those type of creative decision-making skills that people have because people need that to feel mean, like they have meaning in their lives. In some cases, we need to think about the experiences that we're going to have in the future in the workplace, out in the world and shape our technology and our advancement around those experiences, because that's, what's really important. I believe. And so I challenge people to think about things in relation to how we experience the world in the future, rather than the different technologies and advancements that will happen to support that.
1: That's a great power nugget. If you're feeling overwhelmed as to what should I be doing for my now, my future, just break it into a little chunk and ask yourself a smaller question. Try not to eat the whole pie in one spoonful. While I do like pie and sometimes take very big, (laughs) but not so great in decision making. (laughs) (laughs) You host a podcast and the purpose of your podcast is exploring how Within a rapidly changing world, that rapidly changing has dramatic impacts on people and mm-hmm. impacts are now and toward the future. I'm really curious because if that's the concept you're inviting people to talk under, what do you get most from hosting your podcast under that intention?
2: I think the general theme always seemed to center around the status quo isn't working. Mm. Like what's happening now is not working, especially in organizations. So workplaces need to change. And sometimes there's not always the answers that we need. And in the past, people would want to hire a consultant and tell them, give me the five steps that I can take to change my organization for the better. And I'm not saying that people who, you know, there are consultants that do five steps that work great, that are great advice for organizations. But the reality is, is some of the things are untested and unknown. And as we think about the future, organizations need to challenge themselves to take some risks on things that are maybe untested things that they think might work within their environment and their organization and their people, and trust the fact that um, those steps could be fruitful and valuable. And I think that as they look into different opportunities and things like that and realize the answers are not always solid, as organizations are willing to take more reasonable risks around their operations, especially in relation to how they put together their teams or think about the employee experiences or the experiences they create for their their customers and, and the people out in the world. If you center on those things and take some level of risk around how you operate to support those overall goals, organizations are finding new innovative ways to do business. And we've seen it over and over. And it's those organizations that take those risks and try new things that have discovered some amazing things. You've got to take some level of risk and try new things. Otherwise, you're never going to discover breakthroughs to take us into that place uh, beyond the status quo. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I love this idea that you need to embrace the challenge because I guess there were all these this old mindset that oh we can't do these things we can't work remotely these things will never happen they're just these barriers that we put in place collectively but too many to list all the things that have happened during the last 12 months that have forced us to reevaluate what what was true what was reality and also you you said about right and wrong and for me it's a question of this choice like it doesn't have to be a duality between one or the other. It can be a case of, well, what's wrong now will actually be something right in the future. And what's right now, more than likely, will be wrong in the future. So getting free of that attachment to the, the, the outcome.
1: What I think is really quite awesome about what you're saying is how it ties back to innovation requires that we try things regardless of what other people have yes. said about them, because yeah. I've never tried it. And I'm a different person, or this is a different workplace, or we're a different team. And so it might actually work for us to do it this way. I worked in a company where the team I managed was the only team that was 100% remote from each other. Nobody thought it, it was going to work. You're going to have to come into our home office. You're going to have to get together. You're going like, no, we don't have to, because there's this interesting thing called Skype, because that was the only thing that was available then, <laughs> that allows us to come into the same space at the same time and have conversations and do that. And we can have a team meeting in a virtual space and we can connect in the virtual space. And like, I will show you that it works. And turned out reading an article that says this doesn't work and putting all of your stock into that and never giving it a try is a surefire way to limit your options.
2: Absolutely. And we gotta look back at historical examples of people that have tried something new against significant resistance, which there are many. So imagine Isaac Newton Mm-hmm. you know backing off of his concept around gravity because people thought it was sacrilegious or you know incorrect and felt like he was going the wrong wrong direction or even just simple concepts about the The fact that we are a planet that go around the sun, the sun doesn't go around this planet. All of these things had significant resistance. Even Henry Ford, his predecessor to Henry Ford, thought the thought of manufacturing automobiles was ridiculous. That horses work just fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we don't challenge these concepts, we don't move forward. And you're right, that is a key tenant to innovation.
1: Thank you so, so much. Now, people listening are, of course, going to say, we would like her to come and talk to our team. We would like her to work with our team. We'd like her to help us Problems and get us to see things in a different light. So, what is the best way that people can be in touch with you?
2: Absolutely. So, feel free to email me directly at Rebecca at vividspring.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me out on uh, my website, vividspring.com. And you can feel free to listen to my podcast, Humans Now and Then,
1: which I love. I love your podcast. Thank you. As we do in every episode, we wrap it up with a little rapid fire QA. Oh, okay. Five questions. Rapid fire, Rebecca. Are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> question number one. I'm sure you'll be just fine. Which okay. emotion catches you off guard most often?
2: Oh, fear.
1: <laughs> okay. And what do you do to regulate that emotion in the moment?
2: Uh, deep breaths, the first thing I do.
1: Yeah. Third, third question What's next in your personal evolution?
2: Ooh, I could talk all day about this, but I'll try not to. This is rapid fire. So, you know, I do explore concepts. So one of the things I'm exploring right now is my own kind of personal journey on success. And I know this has been a topic I've talked about a lot, but the recent disruption has made me challenge what's holding me back in different areas and where I really want to go in relation to my own priority. So that's my personal challenge at the moment is getting that straight.
1: Oh, I love when someone who does the work in the field also does the work internally. That's how you know they're good at what they do. Love that. Okay, when your best friend is having a meltdown, what do you say to them?
2: I actually do deep breathing with my friends too. It's like, let's take a deep breath for a moment. I think sometimes they reach out to me because I challenge them to take a minute, to take a deep breath. And it usually works out pretty well. So I maybe that's a pattern I've developed, but they seem to like it.
1: <laughs> Teresa's ears right there. And last question in this moment, what are you most looking forward to or most hopeful for?
2: Wow, I think all of those opportunities, because you know, like Reese mentioned, I mentioned the word opportunity quite a bit lately, and in this conversation. But I think there's so many different opportunities for us to shape a better future. Not to sound too cliche, and it's not about my podcast. It really is these great opportunities for me, to, for us, to work together to shape something better for the future. And really, if we're really serious about disrupting the status quo, now is a perfect time to do it. And people have the motivation, so I'm really excited to see what people come together and do.
1: I think that's the name of this episode, Shape a Better Future. Love right. that. Thank Love you so it. much for your generous contribution to our discussion today.
2: I really enjoyed it. Well, I enjoyed speaking to both of you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Rebecca. It's been really uh, eye opening. It's great that we can have voices like you coming on to widen the lens and I think what I was trying to th- talk about earlier was this idea about risk management and data analysis and all these kind of things that have been driven all our actions and processes and leadership thoughts for so long and now we kind of everyone's been calling out to throw that out and now we've been given the opportunity and have the experience and seen that yes it's tricky but actually it'll be much better if we embrace it and it's given everybody on that individual level that chance to share their voice feel more empowered and understand what individual success means thank you very much
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of TNT.
0: Please share, subscribe, rate, and review.
1: And when you're ready for your personal evolution, check out Reese at trueselfcoaching.com.
0: And for your emotional intelligence revolution, check out Teresa at iqeqtq.com.